calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Shure Motive family of microphones makes studio-quality audio that's as simple as plug-and-play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Shure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Shure.com slash Motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E dot com forward slash M-O-T-I-V. Motorcycle Madhouse, presented by Insane Toronto Biker News, hosted by none other than... Well, right now, I don't feel too agreeable. ...everyone's favorite online personality, the thorn in every Leo's side, James Hollywood Machikari and his partner in crime, Double Barrel. And welcome to this edition of Motorcycle Madhouse. Today we got a full boat for you. Today, first up, we got Big Kaz, one percenter with the Chosen Few Motorcycle Club. I recently got to sit down and do an interview with him about his new movie coming out in August. It's going to be on Amazon as well as Netflix. It is the life of a one percenter. And this is some exciting times right now because not only does Good Time Charlie have his movie out, Rebel on the Highway, but now we have an actual documentary of the club scene coming from somebody in the club scene that hasn't been done since the you know late middle 70s with the Hells Angels Forever one. So this is exciting times. We're going to have the banners all over our websites as well as roll the audio for a commercial through Big Cats on all the future motorcycle madhouses. So, let's go to the interview. Hope you enjoy it. And again, to get to see the screening of uh, the trailer, all you have to do is go through our website and click the banner to take you right to the trailer. So, let's join the conversation now. How you doing, Big Cats? I am good, my brother, and I want to start by saying thank you for giving me this platform to uh, reach out to a much broader audience, man. And just one correction: I'm president of Chosen Few Ventura County. You know, we have a uh, we have we always say we have more than one, less than a million chapters all over the world. But uh, yeah, I'm one I'm one small piece to the nation. One small piece in the nation, and that's Ventura County. Yeah, Ventura County, which is basically. Uh, you know, George Christie's old stomping ground from the red and white. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I took over. Yeah, we uh, actually did an interview with him uh, about a month or two ago. But uh, that is, you know what, we're just, re- you know what, personally I'm excited about this because, like I said, there hasn't been anything like this since the 70s, basically, that comes from the club and, you know, you get to hear from the members, and it's nothing like the mainstream media wants to put their spin on it. It's actually coming right. from the bikers. Well, you know, and just the fact, and, and again, I reached out to you. You know, I saw your site, and I think I reached out a couple of weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, and you definitely immediately reciprocated. But then I saw you did a special the other night about the chosen few, and I'm one of those guys that, you know, my mother was this, my birth giver was this dirtbag prostitute that came from Germany. As you can see, there's no love lost there. 
and uh, <laughs> yeah, she had she had a fondness for the darker skinned men, and uh, I think she got pissed off when she she messed up with my daddy because he was a darker skinned Latino. But she, you know, hung she hung around the chosen few. She did her, you know, she did her services as a woman of that nature for the chosen few. So I grew up with the chosen few, and you were mm-hmm. so dead on. They just got me excited because being an ex-street guy, you know, ex-gangbanger, ex-convict, I still get that that excitement when someone speaks about us. And, man, it was so beautiful. And then the fact that you immediately hit me back and was like, man, I want to do something with you. So, yeah, the documentary is I was approached after I did the life, after the penitentiary documentary, mm-hmm. and uh, which had – you know, Larry Pollack, he was the guy that was creating all the steroids for the Balco, the whole Bay Area lab company. You know, the whole Marion Jones and Barry Bonds, that whole steroid scandal. He was the guy making the drugs, and my background was dealing drugs. So they, But it was successful men after the penitentiary. Long story short, they found out how deep I was in the motorcycle community and approached me again and was like, hey, man, would you be open to doing a do- documentary? I I removed myself from, you know, your, your your regular everyday world. You know, I took myself off the path. But when I realized Chosen Few has been around almost 60 years. 60. 1950, 1959, eh? 1959. We came before a lot of other clubs. Mm-hmm. And what sat... You know, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead of any questions, and I'll stop bumping my gums in a second, but what's sad is there's about five more chosen few clubs out there. And I hope every ear catches this when I say this as politely as I possibly can. Am I allowed to curse on here, Hollywood? Oh, go go for it, man. We're we're not FCC regulated, so welcome. To your other chosen few, Fuck you and the vagina you came out of. You're not going to see another Hells Angels. You're not going to see another Mongols. You're not going to. But because one little black man, may he rest in peace, started the chosen few, you thought you could pull a little fast one and just start another one in Alabama, start another one in Paris, start another one in Denmark. That's an insult. You know, what what, what, insult? There's only one chosen few. (laughs) That's it. And I see sometimes where. I don't have any social media but YouTube, but I'll see other cats and they'll befriend the chosen few. And true story, I was in Mississippi at the National CLC. First time chosen few ever went to the national meeting. And I went there to have a conversation with the outlaws. And we were having some little issues at that time and amazing guys. Everything got smoothed out. But we were at the Waffle House and a cat comes over and he goes, oh, shit, the chosen few. And I look. And he's got chosen few Alabama, and he went to shake my hand. I had a Hells Angel sitting there. I had Spike from the Hessians, and I had Tombstone from the Vagos. They could vouch. I looked, and I went, yeah, I can't do that, man. I get the fuck out of my face. And he looked, and I said, you don't find that a problem? Like, you might as well just come on over. So that's why this documentary means so much to me, because it's, this is my life, not a lifestyle. In America, before they... No, or before they mention another club, you have to understand. We're talking again. You're talking about a man that went against everything. 
being a black man and started a 1% interracial club. And if you notice, our colors are red and white. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And people always assume people always assume that we're clicked with those guys. We don't click with anybody. We're cool with who's cool with us. So we've been battling for almost sixty years. Well, yeah. For those that don't know, uh, Sonny Barger didn't even come to power until '59, and they were still a loose knit organization back then. So the chosen few goes all the way back, all the yeah. way back. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, you know, we're we're in the Philippines. We're, you know, we're all over the. I'm talking the original chosen few. We're 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 all over the world. What we don't do, we don't take sides. We don't jump in other people's arguments. Our motto is we take none, give none. And originally it used to say take no shit, give no shit. But back in the '60s, '59 to '59 to '67, patch places would not put curse words in patches. So they would not let us put take no shit, give no shit. So we went with take none, take none, give none. But, you know, when I, when I was approached to do this documentary, my main issue was will other clubs sit down and speak with me? And as you saw from the trailer um, <laughs> that's posted on your site, I got the Mongols to sit down with me. And we've, we've only had a, a head nod relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it went to the top. Um, shout out to their national who okayed it. And it turned out I ended up sitting down with the brother that we grew up together. You know, he was in a Mexican gang. I was in a Crip gang. Even though I'm Latino, that was the route I ended up going. And he ended up becoming a Mongo. I ended up becoming a chosen few. And it turned out we grew up together. And, man, we're we're dear friends now. The Vago that's in this document. This is unheard of. No Mongols, Vagos have ever sat down with, with another club. Mm-hmm. And I have God Rude Richie, the head of the nomads from the Vagos, who sat down and acknowledges one of the first Vagos was a black man by the name of Gorilla. And he's wow. in that documentary. You see what I mean? Like, this is... I, I don't care if I make a dime off this. I just want my last breath to know that people... Put chosen few like when you touched on the the uh, Captain America motorcycle. I remember when Damn, Cliff most Bar- of the people didn't know about the history of oh, listen, Captain America. When they <laughs> when they when they when they watch Easy Rider, it makes them feel nice and white. And when 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 Cliff when Cliff Sunny Vaughn passed away, I posted. I said, when you're feeling nice and patriotic. And you're loving your whiteness. Just know a nigga built that bike. Two niggas. And, and, and <laughs> it's okay. You know, Ben Hardy, you know, we all, I had my bike worked on by hit. I had my first motorcycle when I was 14. Ben Hardy worked on my bike. Cliff was kind of the in between. But I tell you who, who, do you remember Dan Haggerty? What's the show he had? He played. Mm. He's a big, well, that guy, he actually was the one that got to Cliff and said, hey, man, I know you guys ride these choppers. We're trying to get this movie built, these bikes built, but nobody will work with us for the price. So Dan Haggerty was the go-to person because Cliff, Sonny Vaughn, worked in the, the, the film industry, and he was a chosen few. Ben Hardy was just the guy that worked on our bikes. Uh-huh. You know, but it's that type of history. You know, when you talk about 
me going to Mississippi after the, the Waco incident, and we were at an all-out huge misunderstanding with the outlaws, and I stood up in front of hundreds and said, hey, man, this is the gayest shit I've ever been to. We need to at least fake like we like each other. And me and the outlaw, me and the outlaw walked outside and took that, that traditional patch for patch like, hey, let's get along for now. That's, right, that's, right. That's what, I, that's what I love about this world and watching your show. You've hit the mark every time I watch it, brother. Well, you know, what we're, what I'm try, trying to do right now is, you know what, there's more than just one angle to this lifestyle. And, yeah, I've been catching the heat from that uh, video, and I'm about to do one Thursday on uh, racism. So, uh, But one of the biggest things that I've been catching is the white-on-white stuff. See, I'm from a mixed neighborhood. You know, in Chicago, yeah. so we really didn't yeah. even see color back then. <laughs> right. We, I right. still don't. You know, uh, Ashley, the, my second mother, you know what? She's full blown uh, Hispanic and mm-hmm. don't speak a lick of the English, but she was always there to get my ass out of trouble when I was a kid. But right. uh, you know what? Like I tried to tell some people, I was like, you know what? You're in a foxhole because we're real big on veterans. They don't care mm-hmm. what color you are. That fucking bullet is. So, no. you know what, if we can't all get along, what the fuck, are, you know, what, you know, what, we might as well go back, you know, in medieval days, you know. Well, we I know, will, I will, at some point. I will tell you the politic, I'll call it the politrick, you know, and I'm a, I, I'm very, very dear friends with Rusty Coons. And, oh, right. uh, okay. Yeah, and, uh. Like I said, I don't play no different sides. I don't want to, hey, man, don't shake my hand if you shook that guy. Look, whatever your fucking beef is, that's your beef. But that's my friend. You're my friend. If you don't want to be my friend, take your toys and get the fuck out the sandbox. But Rusty made a comment once, and I, it took every bit of me to exhale and make my statement afterwards. He said, well, Kaz, you know, you have to talk, you have to understand the prison politics, and and that's why there's no race mixing in the clubs. And I said, Big brother, my name is Guillermo Elon. Mm. There is nothing niggerish about Guillermo Elon. And I got to Folsom Penitentiary, and they yelled out Guillermo Elon, and Mexicans looked at me like, he ain't with us. And the brothers looked at us like, fuck. And then it was like, fuck, is he Cuban? Is he Puerto Rican? But I knew what yard I had to go to. Mm. But when you run with that type of verbiage and say, well, that's why we don't race mix, well, here's what chosen few, and I'm going to say this nice and slow. Here's what Chosen Few come into again. We've been around since 1959. Our biggest charter was San Gabriel Valley that had almost 200 guys, white boys and Mexicans. You don't think none of those guys went to prison from 59 to 2018? You don't think none of our white boys and Mexicans went to prison? They know what yard they got to go to, you know. But at the end of the day, whatever your reasons you know, when when Gorilla went over to the Vagos, watch the documentary. You'll find out because his son is the vice president of Purdue. Gorilla's son, who was a Vago, who became a chosen few, his son is magnificent. And you'll find out why he ended up coming. And the person who he sponsored in Chosen Few will explain why Gorilla came over to the few because of the politics. The racism shit, I have a T-shirt that says, no, I'm not racist. I hate everybody. Give me a fucking reason to like you, and we're golden. <laughs> that, 
that motorcycle does not know who's sitting on it, and that ground does not know who's bleeding on it. And I hate it. I hate that we bring race into it because you're possibly missing a good brother to ride with when you go off. And here's what here's the sad part. You know, I consider our club in the top five. So then you have the offspring clubs, the support clubs, the the the, the you know the whatever clubs. They start following that same tradition because they feel, well, man, we ride with that club the most. So if they notice we got a black man in our club, well, then you're not a fucking man. Mm. You know, if you want your club to be all white or white Mexican and you don't want a brother in it, hey, man, that's on you. But for them to give you flack for what you're putting on your platform, and I watch one of your guys write, well, I'm all about equal, blah, 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 but I would never join a club if a Negro was in it. I swear to you, Hollywood, I never respond, even on my YouTube. I'll just block it and delete it. But it was the fact that I realized, fuck, it's 2018, and this dude just said I would never join a club that had a Negro in it. And I think I called him every word that I would only call the most despicable person. And I realized I just fed into what he, you know, I attacked him. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, this he is got, on, uh, under the video. I gotta look at that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was under it was under your video, and he and it was you know you had ninety nine percent great posts in this one guy, and it was like then somebody else said, "Do you know what blacks have done to Europe?" And I'm, what the fuck do I give a fuck what's happening in Europe? As <laughs> matter of fact, last time, last time I was in, last time I was in Sweden, I saw some Hell's Angels with the colors on walking because it was snowing and they couldn't have the motorcycles yet. So I don't give a shit what's happening in Europe. But no, I don't. I don't care what color you are. But if it's such a bad thing, how has Chosen Few lasted almost sixty years? And we are far from fifty-fifty. We're like we're probably a little bit more leaning towards the white boys and Mexicans. You know, uh, uh, membership-wise, you know, and we get along just fine. Our white boys are not sitting around going, man, I sure can't wait, wait to join a, a black club so I can find out what it's like to be black. No, they come over because they say there's no politics. Right. There's no drama, you know, and it, and that's what the documentary touches on. It touches on, you know, it's called Life of a One Percenter mm. through, my, through my eyes, so... I sit down in, with the Mongols. I sit down with the Vagos. I sit down with other members. I sit down with civilians. I talk about how I grew up in Los Angeles and Ice-T lived one block around the corner from me and was like, because everybody was like, man, there's this kid that looks just like you. And Ice-T couldn't stop me from going back and forth to prison. And finally in 1998, I came home from prison. He was like, look, man. You got that voice, you got them green eyes, you got that long hair. And he put me in the biggest selling rap group in the world, Bone Thugs and Harmony. How do you fucking put this story together? But I was always a biker, you know. And if you go to my YouTube, you'll see a picture of me still in my jumpsuit where Ice-T and one of the members of Bone Thugs and Harmony is picking me up from prison. So it talks about how to, and then the fact that I spent, what, 14 years in that group? And I just walked off stage one day after selling millions of records and consider myself a millionaire at that time. And if I'm making this up, may I die today. I walked into the back of Arrowhead Arena with over 20,000 people. I walked off stage at the end of a song, got on my motorcycle, and I've never been seen since.
That's what rock on. That's what it touches on. Rock on. Well, another thing that I like about, well, I talk about the Hell's Lovers because that's what we got in uh, the Midwest. I've been to some of their parties and stuff like that. With the mixed clubs, you get the whole cultural experience in the biker world, I think, anyway. You know, you got the Chicano, you got the black, you got the white styles, the whole nine yards. And you know what? If you can't open yourself up to that, something's really wrong with you. You're pretty shallow. If if you have some closed mind, look, you don't, the funniest joke that runs with me, anybody that knows Big Cass, we have a member, he's an ex-member, and he's from Kansas, and uh, he's sitting next to me, and I'm on this beautiful brand new road glide, and he looks over, and he's like, Prez, I, you know, I know I'm just, because I have a tendency that I don't ride in the front of the pack, I don't really give a shit, I'll ride in the back, I'll, I'll be a, I'll ride behind the prospect sometime, so, this cat, you could tell he was trying to get to know me. He pulled up next to me. He goes, Prez, I just question. You're Cass, right? I was like, yeah. He goes, Cass from Bone Thugs and Harmony. I said, yeah. He goes, what the fuck are you listening to? I said, oh, man, the new Chris Stapleton album. <laughs> and he looked over at me, and he was playing hip-hop. And he goes, I know there's something wrong with this picture, but it's just so fucking dope. 99% of the time, all you're going to hear me playing is country music. You know, mm. not because... I switched over. I just like soulful country music. And when you come to a chosen few function, we're a gumbo. You're going to get a mixture of everything, you know. And it's not to take away from nobody else, but men that decide to come over to chosen few and understand, we say this, we're a 1% club, but just because you come over and you make it through the process, that don't make you a 1%er. There's a program to follow after that. But, Get to know your brothers. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to get to know how to sell dope. I did prison time already. I don't want to get to know about fighting all over again. I've whooped enough ass. I don't want to get to know anything other than. Best example. I just got out the hospital two weeks ago. They removed cancer out of me. They took a tumor out of me. This is on my YouTube. They took a tumor out of me about the size of a grapefruit. Three days later, I was on my diner because my road glides in the shop. I was on my dynam from Arizona to California because a very dear friend of mine passed away. I left the funeral, went over to the clubhouse and surprised everybody. The cut goes from the side of my stomach all the way to the back to where my kidneys are. While I'm in town, I get a call saying, I got kidney failure. I come back. You can pull this up on my YouTube. It's vlogged on there. Well, I already start doing kidney treatments. Well, guess where I was on Friday again, Hollywood? Back in California. Brother that killed himself two, for a brother that killed himself two years ago, may you rest in peace, Grim. I wasn't going to miss that. And I'm giving everybody text messages like, man, I miss you guys. I wish I was there. Well, I'm an asshole. I surprised my own charter and showed up. And, you know, it was the best feeling in the world. Now, is that a race thing or is that a biker thing? That's a biker thing. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, that, that is, that is a dedication to a brother right there. Yeah, he don't know I'm there. He's, he's you know, up with God or whoever the hell he may be, pissing on Satan's head. Who knows? But my brothers know, and I burst my sutures the week before and did another treatment where they're sticking a nine-inch needle in my kidney to take out four ounces of fluid. Mm-hmm. And I was not going to miss. You try riding, riding a diner for about, uh, about a thousand miles in a 24-hour day. 
It ain't on. <laughs> My testicles were somewhere in Blythe, but I was not going to miss it, you know. And what I want people to take away from this documentary is, you know, I'm this half-mixed-race kid that came from this prostitute mother. My birth father was a pimp. Never got a chance to meet him. It's no boohoo story. You know, the man who raised me was a biker. He passed away two years ago. My mother was a biker wife. She passed away two years ago. And I literally went from prison to success. But you notice I never say I went to a biker because I've had a motorcycle since I was 14. That you was know? always in, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like I, well, you know, you meet guys like, oh, man, he went and got a tattoo and a flannel and a leather vest. Now he's a biker. I've always been a biker. Bought my first bike for 85 bucks. It was a piece of shit panhead that I had to keep some carburetor spray to make it about 16 miles home. And that's this documentary. But I bet you wish you still had it. <laughs> man, can you imagine what it'd probably be worth? It was a 67, as a matter of fact, it was a 67 panhead that I bought from this guy over in Culver City, and he said, look, I got about 15 bikes. And I was selling weed at the time, and I think I had 100 bucks, and he wanted 100 bucks. I said, man, I won't be able to. He goes, look, give me $85. Keep the change to get yourself home and take this can of spray with you. And I must have stopped 30 times to get 16 miles. But, you know, this this documentary, which will be on Netflix, it'll be on Amazon. Um, oh, that's great. You'll be able to... Running and shooting yeah, it. Exactly. And the fact that you're giving me this platform because I'm so far removed from Hollywood, you know, I uh, I just right when I just took myself off the grade a couple of years ago when I lost my parents, I just finished a movie called White Walls with Robert Downey Jr. I, it was a starring role. I killed mm. everything in the movie. He plays my lord. You can pull up the trailer. And I didn't care. I just wanted I want to live the rest of my life, Hollywood, as what I am, 1% away from giving zero fucks. I don't want to bother nobody. I don't want any of it. I always tell people, the only reason why my guys follow me as the president because they think if I'm turning left, I'm going the right way. I, I, just, I, I just want people to take away from this documentary. Is, I'm going to send you a picture when we hang up, and my videographer's here. And he could vouch for it himself. This photo collage has the Mongols, the Angels, the Outlaws, the Vagos, 99% clubs, uh, the Bandidos president, who I'm very, very, very tight with. That's not because I'm a pussy or a club jumper or a club hopper. I'm a good dude, mm. you know. And, you know, my daddy used to always say, you know, and he wasn't my birth father, but in my book, he was my dad. And he said, the character of a man is who could stand in one place. And people think there's probably about 10 more guys with him. He said, you just give off that type of presence. And I'm sure I got enemies as, as an ex-gangbanger. Why would I want some biker enemies at 50? Right, right. You know, so. Well, you know, getting to that point, you just brought that up where they were all standing next to each other. Do you think, because we talk about this all the time on Insane Throttle, because we always got to report all the bad stuff. Do you ever think that, you know, one day they'll come to the table when they realize, like Lucky Luciano did in New York, hey, it's better to get along than uh, kill each other? I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to say it prematurely. I'm going to just say it in a kind of a 
a gray area, that is in the works. I can tell you that there is a a black Vago prospect, great kid. I just saw him in Vegas. Um, there's a black Hells Angel in Canada. There was a he was Puerto Rican, but brother looked like Snoop Dogg. He ended up quitting, but he was he was black and Jersey. It's in the works because at the end of the day, if you don't give law enforcement a job title, you don't give them a job. And right now, the job title is called Gang Task Force, and it ain't just the Crips and Bloods. So we're all starting to realize some wounds, and I hope I'm saying this is politically, impolitically correct, some wounds cannot be fixed. You know, I'm, I'm sure I still have grudges. You know, I, I have Parkinson's. I got shot in the head. My whole right leg is all titanium. You know, I'm, I'm sure I want that those young men who killed me, I want their kids' kids dead. But that's just me as a as a, a person that didn't feel like I needed to be shot. But for the wounds that can't be fixed, let those guys go sit at the table and relax. But I can tell you, I won't say yes. I can just say it is in the is it is in the working. I've sat in on those meetings. Um, we're actually up in Ventura County. We've you know we've come to an understanding. Do you, know, do you understand what I mean? I can only speak right, for my club, right. but right. without saying names, those other clubs were there in the meeting too. So all it takes is one, but it also, you know, it only takes. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure this might lose lose a couple votes. It, it may only take one fucking Trump to fuck shit up, and for me, it's if you're here to try to just keep putting a, a wrench in things. Man, get the fuck away from us. Get away. What you're doing, Hollywood, and I'll tell you this, brother. If you lose some viewers because they don't like that you – first of all, they got to figure out what the fuck I am. So if, they, if they're against that, then that's on them. But if you're, if you're sitting up here saying, how am I going to ignore – we're not a Christian club. People ask us, oh, why do you guys have that cross? Let me make this clear. That cross is the last thing you'll see if you fuck with us. That's what that cross is for. It's not because we're Christians. Mm-hmm. But you're giving us a platform. I didn't ask you to post that the other day. I didn't even know. I just subscribed to you. And, man, you did a great report. And if people don't want to support you for that, this is my words. Fuck them. Exactly. You know, fuck them. I don't need them, then. <laughs> you know, we got 1.2 million uh, worldwide a month. I don't need, you know, losing about a you know, thousand don't kill me. No, <laughs> no. That's that's a negative. That's a negative Ned leaning on his fucking elbows, and he's damn near in his grave anyway because he's miserable. And if I got anything to do with it, I'm going to keep preaching your, your, your show because when I saw it, you know, one percenter, that one percenter website that's on YouTube, the one percenter. Mm-hmm. They did one on us and called us a Christian black club, and instantly I hit them. And it was like, first of all, we ain't a black club. Second of all, and we don't even like to call ourselves an interracial club anymore because, you know, we're just a club. Every member, because if it's a club that has whites and Mexicans, do you call them an interracial club? No. Mm-hmm. So why, is, why, why do niggas automatically make it? I'm sorry, let me be politically correct. Why do African Americans make it an interracial club? You know, a, a different race is a different race. And our our nation, you know, how do I sit here and call it? 
you know, if I'm standing next, think about this. If a black member is standing next to five white guys, where, where's, I think he's a little outnumbered. I think we just figured out who's the dominant in that chapter right there. Right. You know, so, so yeah, I, we all hope, we, a lot of us hope that that day will come where, oh, and as a matter of fact, and if I'm wrong, please, please correct me, but I was even told the Pagans just flipped some brothers. I was told the Banditos, which I didn't, you know, I have a very dear friend, but I don't, but I, I, I'm hearing that, you know, brothers are in there now. Oh, yeah, it's starting. And that's a good thing for, you know, personally to me, I think it's a good thing. So, yeah. because you yeah. know what? Like you said, a pool stick don't give a shit what color you are, man. <laughs> nope. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <clears throat> but uh, what other projects you got coming up before we get going? Um, You know, we got so much footage. Like I said, I've removed myself from Hollywood when you, when, uh, I'm actually going to YouTube this interview also, but I'll put it out after you air it. You know, look, man, I've sold over 30 million records. I'm not going to the poorhouse anytime soon. Um, but we ended up with so much footage from this documentary. There's a documentary on Chosen Few um, called Take None, Give None, and I like it. It was done by a French French producer, director, but I feel like he didn't get deep enough, so I'm going to release another project strictly on chosen few other than that brother I, don't, I got nothing i don't want to have nothing i want to make sure that somehow i fix these bum ass kidneys for a guy that's never done a drug in my life i've always been into fitness and you know you should should hit me so my thing is as my daddy would say if you're gonna die die looking good don't die looking dead so my 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 only project is to live my life and the day i gotta go i want to go out looking like a badass biker that women love me to death. I didn't really give a shit if men feared me. But if you run around saying you whoop my ass, you better lie. You better stop lying. Because for me, I'm a, I just, you know, I'm just a good dude that don't, you know. The, and if I could say this, the word one percenter, that definition that, oh, 99%, you know, it started in, uh, in uh, the, what you call it, right, up north. Um, God damn it, Hollister. In the Hollister mm-hmm. run, and Harley said 99%, the other 1%. That's not where that came from. Do you know where the word 1% came from? I'm going to put this out. So, In 1944, a cat who rode for the goose, I mean for the booze fighters, said, someone said something, he turned to the cop, and this is a known statement. Any real 1% that's been around other real 1%ers knows what he told this cop, he says, look, you can arrest all of us, but one of us is going to give 1% away from fucking you up. That's honest to God where the word 1%er came from. It did not come from Harley saying 99 No, it was already said. The diamond was already done. Damn, Damn right. That's I did not know that. He <laughs> told the Hollister cop, and actually it was Vicious um, J, who was a... I think he was a, a, a monk. He was related to this guy, and he said, yo, it was a known statement. You know, man, I'm 1% away from I'm 1% away from getting off your ass. It was always that type of statement. You know, so all this Harley and, no. The word 1% just means, look, man, leave me the fuck alone, because there's not many, there's not much of a percentage left for you to keep fucking with me. So leave me alone. You know, right. I, I was told 
that my club is not allowed at the biggest bike night in Arizona Friday night before I left for California. And we're surrounded by a bunch of cops, and the guy goes, man, you know, you're a good guy. It just, it just seems like a lot of people follow you and listen to you. I said, maybe my credit card fucking covers dinner better. I don't know, man. I'm not out. And I said, so we're really not allowed here at a bike night? He goes, nah, you're not. That's fucked up. <laughs> now, it is my job to make sure I post that. But do you think those 99 percenters are going to go, yeah, man, fuck, they're going to go, well, hey, man, you know. A lot of them are going to go, well, you know, you guys, what do you mean? How many how many guys are getting pulled off for drunk driving that night? And, you know, regular-ass colors. Right. You know, when we when we show up to the party, people automatically assume, oh, shit, it's over. Other than, you know, man, we we want to leave the same way you do. The difference is when you get pulled over, you're going to get pulled over for just being an asshole. I'm going to get pulled over for the assumption of whatever that cop wants to come up with. Exactly. You know, so we exactly. touch on that in the documentary. We touch on that in the documentary about profiling, um, about the rally the Mongols put on. And it was a rally for peace. And over 16 to almost 20 people got pulled over for a rally for peace. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. the, the, you'll, everybody will be able to... Uh, see the banners on our website. I'm also going to be putting them in our daily articles. That way uh, it'll link right over to uh, the page and you check out the YouTube. He's got, you know, Big Kaz 1%ers got some cool-ass videos out there, but you guys got to go out there and see his YouTube video, so I'll have them in the daily articles as well as uh, plastered all over the website. And uh, we're also going to have 30-second uh, audio rolls uh so you uh, you can't miss this. So let's uh, rally behind uh, Big Cass and the Chosen Few. And uh, a reminder, like uh, Big Cass says, there is only one Chosen Few out there, and it's only got one. a red, only one, and it's a red patch with uh, crossbones with uh, you know mm. it's a cross. So yeah. don't let uh, you know the fakes out there fool you. You know, Chosen Few's been around since 1959. And, you know, it was started by, uh, I believe, uh, Lionel Ricks, wasn't it? You got it, Lionel Ricks. He passed away three years ago, and uh, he had no brothers or sisters. I'll actually sing you the trailer to the Chosen Few movie also, and it's okay. a great documentary. It was right before he passed. And he, you know, he came out here, and he had no brothers or sisters, and he wanted to start a motorcycle club. And our first white member who's in my documentary, White Boy Art, who's 82, hear this clearly before we hang up, he is five foot six, 82 years of age, dealing with the worst cancer. It's chewing away his face right now. And this man called me last night because I put his bike in the shop. And, you know, he's 82 years of age. And this man still rides a full bagger. He joined the yeah. club in 1960. And this white man was almost in tears because he wants to make sure he rides his motorcycle one last time in our at our nationals in January. Like that's well, we're all, we're gonna keeping him in our prayers. Make sure he does that. Like, like I, I would love to show you the pictures, but they're so bad. And this man just said, "Cass, please help me get my bike out." And I made some calls, and his bike will be done tomorrow. But that's history. 
And this white man was called a nigger lover. You fucking nigger. You know, he wasn't trying to be a white guy trying to be black. He's married to a white woman. Got white children. He just mm. loved and came from Chicago. He came from Chicago. And he just, he loved what it stood for. You know, he was blown away to see black guys with earrings in their ears. He says that in my documentary. Like, and he says, as a matter of fact, he said, in 2018, he says colored. I saw some colored boys. And this man's been in the club for over 55 years. Oh, he's man. got more miles. He's got more miles than me and you will ever put together, Hollywood. And that's, that's why this. Fantastic. That's why this story means so much. But I know I bumped my gums. I thank you for this time, brother. I thank you for posting the links. Um, we've been trying our best. My distributor is Universal. That's my, my distributor for the movie, the documentary. Um, I got to go off their clockwork, and they weren't happy with the first pass. It was looking more like just a bunch of interviews and a story about me. So we've changed some things around. Um, but we've been keeping everything up to date, saying, hey, here's the trailers. Here's another new trailer so people stay interested. But this will definitely be on Netflix and Amazon and on YouTube Movie and video on demand by August. What I'm really hoping is, you know, the younger generation gets to see the movie and wants to get into the lifestyle. Because I know back in the early 80s, that's how I hit it. <laughs> so hopefully, yeah. the, you know, your documentary uh, usher in a new uh, regime of uh, kids into this lifestyle. Well, brother, I appreciate it. And I want to extend one more thing. If you're not doing anything the weekend of July 14th, out of my pocket to yours, I'd love to have you come down. We're having a screening in Hollywood. I'll cover all your costs, cover your hotel, cover your flight, have you come down, do a, do a, uh, oh, you don't even got to come down to work. If you just want to come down and watch the screening, you know, I own a restaurant out in California also, so we're riding over. I'll make sure you got a motorcycle and it would be my honor to fly you down. So you think yeah, on that, you let me know. That. I really appreciate that. So hopefully you'll take me up on it. That live for you. <laughs> hey man, let's make it happen. Dreams for you. Let's, Rock let's and make roll. it happen, brother. All right, brother. Well, thank you guys and uh, my man. This, again, was, this was a pleasure. Again, everybody, uh, go. You know what? You go through, click on the banners. It's going to be all over uh, Insane Throttle uh, Biker News, and uh, let's support Big uh, Kaz One Percenter and the chosen few and everybody in this documentary. We appreciate you being on, Big Cass. My man, I'll talk to you in a few. Thanks. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari, host of Motorcycle Madhouse and the Biker Angle over on YouTube. If you're looking for up-to-date biker news, then Insane Throttle is the place to be. Daily editorials and news that is dedicated to the biker scene. Come on over and join the number one internet biker news site at HarleyLiberty.com. Or come on over to the Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel for the Biker Angle, hosted by myself. New episodes every Thursday at 8 p.m. and Sundays at 8 a.m. Be there! Motorcycle Madhouse with James Hollywood Machikari live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central on the Spreaker Radio app and downloads available for all episodes on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and all major platforms. Don't forget to check out Biker Angle every Thursday and Sunday over on Insane Throttle's YouTube channel. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. And hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari and I'm here with Lee down from Kentucky right now. How you doing, Lee? I'm good, and you? 
Uh, doing good, man. The weather's finally broke up here. How's the weather down by you? It's hotter than hell right now. <laughs> I Let me guess the humidity, right? <laughs> yes, it's 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 always uh, nice down here, but man, it's you'll you'll sweat every time you walk outside. Oh man, I can bet. Uh, well, for everybody to, you know who's listening in, Lee's you know he served uh, in the Navy from '05 to '10. And he's also a member of the Red Hand MC, and we're going to talk to him a little bit about his uh, naval career. You know, we're going to keep the tradition going that we just started uh, last week on uh, Motorcycle Madhouse with talking to some vets and giving them their due, especially ones that are a part of motorcycle clubs and in a part of the biker lifestyle right now. So, Lee, what did you do in the Navy? I was a fighter um, jet electrician oh wow you got uh were you on uh carriers and stuff yeah i was on a carrier and i was stationed at a, at a naval base that was that was my two duty stations okay wow what ship were you on uss george hw bush cvn 77 the best how did you like that uh how many tours did you do on that one just one just the one we uh I was I got stationed on that ship before the Navy took control of it, as it was still being built in the shipyard. So we we helped put the uh, final finishing touches on the on the ship, and then as soon as it was turned over to us, man, we had all kinds of fun on it and took it out and tried to roll it over an ocean and good times. <laughs> wow, what uh, type of cruises did you do? Did you? See, we uh, the, the first time we took it out, went down to South America, uh, Brazil, just just cruised around, brought it back, and then just a few in and out, you know, two or three weeks at a time, just making sure everything was right. And then, then we did the first uh, first deployment over in the Middle East, trolled over there. Okay. So you were deployed over in the Middle East. Yeah, I, I never, I never, you know, set foot in in uh. In war territory, we we just cruise around out in the ocean, out in the out in the Mediterranean Sea, showing our presence and and you know showing that the United States is not here to mess around, and we had the best navy in the world. Oh man, you know what? With uh, a naval battle group, you know anybody would be stupid to try to test them. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. So, how did you like uh, your ship days, man? Did you miss them? Hell no. <laughs> 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 Come on, you you had to have better food than the guy, you know, the grunts on the ground. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I had it, I had it easy compared to to a lot of people, you know. I, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take any of them days back. Not, not at all. You know, I, I, I made some of the best friends I've I've ever made in the military. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, how long did it take you to learn your craft uh, while you're in the Navy? How long did it take me to learn my what? The craft, uh, being an electrician on uh, those spiders. Uh, my school was roughly ten months. So with with boot camp and school and all, it was about a year before I ever actually got to get my hands dirty. Wow. <laughs> where did you do? Where did you go to boot camp? Did you go to Great Lakes or somewhere out there? I, Yep, Great Lakes. Great Lakes, okay. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I grew up in Chicago. That's about forty-five minutes north. 
you know, we remember all the guys after they get off of, uh, you know, they get out yeah. leave from boot camp and stuff, head down in the city. And did you guys take Great America, America too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you're, you know, Dave told me you're a part of an MC. Yeah. Uh, see, what, what, what do you want to know about it? You know, what uh, year was it established and all that good stuff? Established in 1967 by five guys that didn't have a nickel between them. Uh, they were they were in college going to Murray State University, and through the years, they, you know, they, after they graduated, they all moved moved off, moved away, except for just you know one of them, one or two of them stuck around here working uh, oddball jobs, and uh, they're they're all they're all dead, but two of them. Now, the of the original five, um, one of them, one of them still around Murray, and it's it's for I, I, from 1967 to see when was it 2007 or 2008? It was not dormant, but it wasn't it wasn't a big club. And in 2008, whenever uh, they they tried to. I guess rebuild the club and, and, and make it bigger again. And now we're, we're, it's a, it's a pretty solid club. Are you more localized or regional or national? Yep. All, all, all local. All the guys are from the, from one or two counties that surround Murray, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Cool. Now, where is Murray, Kentucky at? Uh, is that northeast, east? About as far west as you can go in the state. Oh, far west. So you're like by Cairo, Illinois, and all that. Yep. Yeah, just a, a few minutes away from Cairo, and uh, two hours outside of Nashville. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, going through. Uh, see, I got family down in uh, Mississippi, so we usually go down through Cairo and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Where you, you probably come out by my city. There is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you wanted to see, you know, hell on earth, you know, it's Cairo, Illinois. <laughs> yeah. I so. drive through there every day for my job, and that's, you know, I, I, I've seen it. I've seen it in its good days. I've seen it in its bad days, and I, I wouldn't want to live there. I mean, it's, I ain't, I ain't talking down to the city. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, um, a business there. It just ain't for me. Is that old paper? You know what? Is that paper mill still around there, man? I don't know. You know, as you go over Cairo, over into Kentucky, you know that that yeah. smell, <laughs> that paper. Oh, mill. <laughs> the, the the paper mill. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's it shut down a, a few years ago. That yeah, it it stunk. That was some nasty <laughs> stuff, man. Oh man, I, you know what? You knew you were there when you got to that uh, paper mill. Let me tell you, you got that uh, right. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, you got some experience with some uh, police profiling. How the cops down there? Well, uh, not with with my club in particular. I don't. Um, there's there's a couple other clubs, big clubs that are that are around that have, have put on back knots that. And I'm not. I'm not trying to speak for them. I don't. I. I don't want to take away. I, I don't want to say something that, that I shouldn't. If if you get me, right. you know, I just. I was. I just. I was there. I experienced it. It's. It was the first time that that I've ever experienced anything like it. And it was. It was unbelievable. It really was. Just. Now, did they actually it was, shut it, it down, or were they running around taking license plates and all that jive? 
that. Yep, they they didn't shut it down. I mean, they they patrolled the the little the little spot that they were hosting that, which was a um, a new restaurant bar in town. That's a, a friend of um, one of the the club that, that hosted it, and man, it just it it gave him a bad name. It gave the the police a bad name. They tried making it look like the the clubs that were it that were there were bad. Um, but it was it was quoted from one of the local police officers that whenever whenever motorcycle club gangs get together, when motorcycle gangs get together, there's bound to be uh, criminal activity going on. You know that was that was from well, that, that was make, from. A, you know what? How does that make you feel? You know, serving the country like you did and uh, cops. Oh. Something like that. It's it made everybody down here so you know just fighting mad. I mean, we as a as an as an alliance of clubs that we have here, we raise thousands of thousands of dollars to give to um, uh, Special Olympics, uh, backpacks for kids, you know, all kinds of all kinds of local. It's all local stuff that we raise money for, you know. And there's I know I know the police has has not raised. That even close to that amount of money, if any, to donate to anything like that, you know. Well, you know they're too busy out at the donut shop, but uh, go ahead. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, how did it uh, end up? Did it make the papers? Never made the papers. Um, it it never really even went it went further than just a, a few days of people getting together and trying to figure it out, you know, what, what was going on. And man, I've, I, I spoke with other two clubs. I was, I was trying to get them to, to do an interview with you and they, they wanted to, they just didn't want, they didn't want, wanted to get out of hand, I guess. I mean, they, everybody around here knows each other, you know, the, right. all, all these, all these clubs that, that get together, man, we're, we're all, we're all pretty tight. You know, we didn't, we don't want to, we don't want to cause a ruckus. We want to keep doing what we do um, by by raising raising money by fundraisers and having, hosting these bike nights. You know. Mhm. Well, you know what? It's just sad that uh, you know they had a you know because I heard how they uh, were profiling you guys, and there's a lot of that going up north right now. A lot of that going on out west right now. It seems like the yeah. cops have nothing better to do. You know, you got MS-13 out there, but they'd rather, you know, mess with us. But, you know, right. yeah. what's your feelings? Do you think uh, motorcycle clubs bring that type of Yeah, some of the, uh, the limelight that they get from uh, cops? No, I don't think the clubs themselves do. I think bad TV shows and and people that actually believe what they watch and see on TV – if that makes sense. Well, yeah, because you had uh, Sons of Anarchy, and that actually yeah, that happened one in, up in uh, Cudahy, Wisconsin, where, you know, they compared that show to an actual club and denied them an occupancy permit, which, you know, blew my <laughs> mind. But, uh... Yeah, I think I remember you talking that, about that on one of your shows. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's just TV. So, is it worse down by you, you think? No, not no. I I don't believe so. I mean, this is to me. I, I've only been around for for a few years in the in the in this scene, and this is 
this is the first time that I've seen it like that. I mean, usually we've never we've never had problems. I mean, you know, we we have parties, other clubs have parties. It's it's not ever 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 once been a problem. And uh, and once you know, once something goes on that's inside the city limits, I mean, I, even that that party or this this profiling deal that I was t- that we're talking about, it's not the first thing that's ever happened inside the city limits. You know, party that, that's ever gone on inside the city limits. It's just the first time that they've shown that kind of presence around mm-hmm. around a club, around clubs, yeah. So does that make it to where you guys want to be as far no, as far as holding no. the events? No, uh, I don't believe I don't believe we're we're gonna we're gonna bow down to them. Well, that you know what, that's perfect because you know what, the minute clubs start bowing down and uh, independents start bowing down to that kind of profiling is when we lose. Is uh, right, are exactly. you part of the yeah. confederation down there? No. Well, we, we we have an alliance of clubs. We, it's, we don't call it a confederation of clubs. We have an alliance of clubs. Okay. Yeah, they're different uh, nationwide. But uh, has the... I'd really not say. Okay. Okay. Because that's like, well, that, that kind of go, that, that goes back to, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Um, right, right. Well, you know what? It's great that you guys ain't backing down from it because the minute... Everybody starts backing down and not raising a fuss is when they win. You know, the best thing that we can do right now as bikers is start organizing, get, you know, the civilians on our side and getting out the vote because it's only going to get worse. You know, we had that show in 2008 and, you know, now all of a sudden we're going to have that show in 2018 with the Mayans. Motorcycle Madhouse, Thursday, live on the Speaker Radio app or available on iHeartRadio or iTunes. No holds barred, no politically correct, and no safe zones offered. Hosted by James Hollywood Machikari. Valorous Throttle and Valorous Fitness Custom Clothing Line is bringing the motorcycle and fitness culture together. Be heard and stand out in the crowd with our custom apparel and clothing. If we don't have what you're looking for, we'll bring your ideals to life. We're also proud sponsors of Motorcycle Madhouse on Insane Throttle. Check us out on www.outoftheboxclothingandproductsllc.com. We have great feedback, and we'll do our best to keep it that way. Been a great show so far. Really look forward to uh, Big Kaz 1%ers release of the Life of the 1%er Biker in August. I find it fantastic that he was able to get some of the Mongols and the Vagos to interview for the movie. So again, we will be keeping everybody updated on its release. So moving on. Before I go into the next interview with J.D., or New York, as I call them, about police profiling, I wanted to address a few things. The first is our new format. We've been at it for about a month now, and for the most part, everyone likes it. If you do not know what I mean by our new format, it's quite simply insane throttle referencing articles from other news sources. We call it the morning, afternoon, and evening edition. Again, these are not articles written by Insane Throttle Biker News. We get many questions asking why we've decided to go to this kind of format 
when it comes to biker news because everybody loves the editorials and we're still going to have those but like I've said in the previous show the focus has turned more to audio like Motorcycle Madhouse and new one we got coming out on this Sunday America in Crisis these programs take about six hours of prep time for every hour aired meaning if this one, you know, we're at about the hour point in the show right now. So it took about six hours to get her cut up and ready to go. So a lot of our time is spent scheduling guests, editing, and promoting the shows. We've also went to this type of format because it reaches a broader audience. Insane Throttle's core is built on reporting the club stuff. But over the past two months, we wanted to expand into broader subject matter. This strategy has paid off, you know, especially last month on HarleyLiberty.com, because it did its best month ever since starting. It reached 1.7 million people worldwide. Madhouse obtained its goal in just 27 episodes of 1 million. And you know what? The show and the subject matter is resonating and we're going to stay the path of the independent biker news. Again, you're going to see club stuff from other sources, but Insane Throttle is really focused on broader subject matter. Not everyone who's a biker is into the club scene, you know. As far as some of the drama with some of the posts going on up, especially on Insane Throttle, you know, Insane Throttle is not... And I repeat, not a part of or do we support any one club. We do not care about your club politics. Actually, if you think about it this way, a lot of biker news sites only reference mainstream articles about clubs. Why? Because they don't want to get pulled into the drama. So let me be clear. We do not care who is out bad, who claims someone is a rat, if you have proof of something like that and it warrants reporting, of course, we'll report on it. That's what we do. What we will not do is use the vast amount of followers we have to put out stories we haven't verified as being true. The only ones we are taking any info from from this point is a president or above when it comes to a club. We figure this way we can cut out all the bullshit from just the regular members and the supporters. This basically means if we verify it through an officer of a club and one other source, we're going to run with the story. Whoever the story is about will have a chance to respond to the allegations because we give both sides of the issue so people can make up their minds. So, just wanted to throw that out right now. And with that, this is the reason why you always got to check out the mechanic you're taking your car to. You really do. Well, hold on now. Let's just get this straight. You mean to tell me that my oil change cost me $100? No, no. The oil change didn't cost $100. Just the oil did. What? Yeah, labor will put you around $350. Oh, almost forgot to tell you. We also had to replace your front and rear struts, turn your tires upside down, change the dohawker, and we had to go eat lunch. What? But why? Beats me. I guess it's just one of them mysteries of life. Well, I don't understand. My car was running just fine before bringing it in. Also, your car won't run. What? What? 
You know, JD's been out there uh, helping us. He's actually one of our new sponsors of Motorcycle Madhouse, but he's really been out there helping uh, get the word out on police profiling. Because the more help we get, the better <laughs> the better it is for everybody. So, how you doing, JD? I'm good. How you doing, Hollywood? That pretty good, man. Pretty good. We just got done uh, interviewing with Big Cats. He's got a uh, New documentary coming out, and uh, good news in the biker community now. I'm I'm excited to see it when it comes out. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be coming out in August. Uh, it's going to be on Amazon and Netflix. And actually, it's, uh, shit, this is the first kind of documentary of clubs since the Hells Angels Forever that was filmed in New York. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Hopefully, uh, the biker scene is uh, making a comeback in the right way. Well, hopefully it gets there one of these days. Uh, you know, lately it hasn't been the best of the best. You know, we got a lot of police uh, profiling going on. Uh, that shit out there uh, with the pagans went down. And, mm -hmm. you know, wondering right now, man, you know, since I got you on the line, uh, as far as the pagans are concerned, man, do you think they helped the cause at all? I'll be honest with you. I don't know exactly what happened, except from what the uh, I I get a lot of my information through your site, which is uh -huh. why I uh, wanted to sponsor it. I feel most of the times your articles are unbiased, but I'm not gonna lie. The, that article, the way it was worded, it was kind of like they were already. It sounded like, and I know you support uh, all clubs and everything, but the way it was worded, I think it could have been misinterpreted that they were already. It, w it was already taken from the, for the Leo's word that they found what they found. And I'm sorry, what the uh, the Leo's have been accused of doing in the past, being what I've been through, personally, I don't believe nothing until I hear both sides of the story. And the pagans didn't speak on it. I mean, are we to, are we to assume they really found what they found? I, 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 I really have a hard time believing. I'm not saying that everybody's altar boys, but I'm sure as shit not going to take their word for it, the Leo's. Well, I, can, I don't blame you, man, because look what we're going on right now. Plus, shit, the president of the United States is going through right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you got, and you're right right now, because you got some guys out where is that Sonora right now. They openly admitted to uh, profiling those bikers on film. And you got incidences up in Cuddyhay, Wisconsin, where they're openly hostile to bikers. So you're right on that point. But, on the second point, as far as the article's concerned, because we've been fighting the fight for, shit, at least a year on this since it's uh, been coming up, and I think mm -hmm. a lot of us who's been fighting it are getting frustrated, and that might have showed in the article, because the more we fight, it seems like, you know, we're taking ten steps back when something like that comes out. You know, yeah, we had an incident down in... Uh, Tennessee, where there's some pretty rough stuff that went down. Uh, an incident down in uh, Florida, 
where, you know, they went and tried to play Jack's Teller and right in the middle of the day went and shot up uh, an outlaw president. So that didn't help our cause much. So I think a lot of us get frustrated when, you know, that kind of stuff comes to the forefront when, you know, we're thinking, okay, fuck, we finally got uh, citizens backing us. Then all of a sudden something like that pops out. I think uh, one of the pagans were charged with, uh, what was it, 177 counts of all kinds of racketeering and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. And can anybody picture this? Let's just say, because investigations aren't cheap, okay? Uh, confidential informants, I'm not saying there was one in that particular uh, scenario, but there's always money being exchanged. If they busted down that door and they raided that place, I and they didn't find anything, okay? Or maybe just some bullshit things that would carry, you know, county time or depending on, how, you know, uh, people's uh, priors and shit like that. But anything what they would deem is not uh, sufficient enough. The, I mean, I have a hard time believing that they would just pat them on the back and say, listen, we're sorry for all the bullshit we caused. We're going to repair everything. You know, there's a lot of jobs at the, there's a lot of jobs at stake, you know, and usually when something like this goes down, I, I tend to believe that maybe somebody was uh, trying to get a, a promotion. Look at the witch hunt on John Gotti. I'm not saying oh, that no he doubt. was a, a, an altar boy, but like I said in the last interview, you know, it depends on who they want more. It doesn't matter on the crime that you commit it depends on what the what looks uh better beside the moose head over the uh over the fireplace uh as a as a showcase on a, on a piece of paper so you know if somebody's name comes with a lot of power and then you get joe schmo who has you know 40 bodies under that belt and he's willing to testify and the other guy that they really want they know for a fact has never killed anybody Guess who's going to prison and guess who's getting five years? The guy who killed 30, 40 people is getting five years. And the guy they really wanted, who never killed anybody, is uh, is going to do – are they going to bury him under the jail? And it just shows the priorities where this uh, where this system is at. The same thing when I was locked away in prison. You had guys on their first offense on a drug beef. They were doing, you know, 10, 20 years. And then you had a guy who was uh, a predicate who likes to rape little boys and girls, and he has a one to three. And why is that? Maybe it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm led to believe maybe it's because you're fucking the system out of their cut of their money. Why are they so stiff with that, but not with, uh, with rapos and, uh, pedophiles oh, and shit like that? Where's the priorities you know of the what? government? You know what? You, you bring up a damn good point right there, especially with, you know what? I don't think this has been addressed enough, but the Gotti situation, cause he died down in, uh, where is it? Uh, down in Marion It'll- County, uh, actually in Illinois. And you have no idea what the shit that bastard. they did to him. Yeah, you know, here you got a bastard who went around killing 20 freaking people, and they set him up on witness uh, protection, and next thing you know, I think he actually got busted uh, a little time back, too, again. He did some shit on X. In Arizona. Yeah, and, and here's Arizona, the thing. Yeah. You had guys like Henry Hill, the one that uh, the one that made the movie on Goodfellas, okay? Years ago, a guy like him, you know, he couldn't even show his face. He went to the old neighborhood. Everybody he ratted on is either dead or, uh, you know, there's nobody around anymore. But people were running up to him asking for autographs. So, yeah, I mean, what, that just shows that say you. What about our society right there? Eg- eg- exactly. Exactly. It, it, and it comes to the point where it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, I really believe that there are individuals out there who are ready to go on, uh, go in cowboy mode. And they already have it in their head that if they get pinched, they're going to give up everybody under the sun. So they run around like psychopaths. They get a nice reputation for well, not a nice reputation. I'm saying it, you know, sarcastically. 
to get a, a, a reputation for themselves in the street, just waiting to get pinched. And they start, you know, they start uh, singing on people and even even uh, making up stories. You know, you, I, well, I mean, yeah, here you get well. That's one the case that happened actually down in uh, Pike and Portilla's trial. You mm-hmm. know, they had barely ev- any evidence on these guys, and you had the National Sergeant Arms turn tail and run on the guys, and that's yeah. the reason why they got convicted on that. You know, you even had uh, Sonny the Legend himself testified at that trial, you know, over uh, Cam, that there was no Hells Angels down in Texas. So half of the government's case was all bullshit. You see what we need to do and why I am trying to reach outside the biker community, and this is why it's very important, is because the people who are listening to uh, the type of shows that you and I listen to and the type of articles we listen to, a majority of us already know what the deal is. But you got other people who are uh, brainwashed and they really deep down believe everything they watch on TV is honest and the, 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 the mainstream media is giving them the right information and they live in a bubble. And those are the people that we have to reach. Those are the people that we have to branch out to. You know, people who talk about the rubs and everything like that, I understand, I get it, why people don't like them and I can understand how they could fuck up uh, the the biker community and the SOA fans and things like that. But if we keep abusing them and keep shunting them away, we're already giving them a bad, uh, bad taste in the mouth to where no matter what you show them, they're gonna have, uh, they're gonna be biased in their opinion. Well, so you're when totally we, correct on that. And I'm, I'm guilty, I'm guilty of it too, you know, uh, fucking with rubs and things like that, or, you know, you see a guy, uh, riding around, uh, with fucking flip flops and, uh, his khakis on, uh, making, uh, you know, 150,000 a year, and then you go into a bar and he's one of the loudest motherfuckers in there. He tells you to step outside, you step outside, then he wants to be Joe Citizen and call the cops. You know, I, 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 I get all that. But on the same token, it's a double-edged, a double-edged sword because when we sit down and argue with them on social media and things like that, maybe if we approach them a little bit different, differently, I don't know how to do it. This, that's going to take some uh, thinking. But we need to figure out a way to get our, our side of the story out there so at the very least they can, you know, judge on, you know, on the proof that we present to them. I'm not saying that we want everybody to agree with everything we say to them. But at the very least, we got to get our, our side heard because they're not even hearing our side. Uh, well, you know what? You bring up a huge point, and I think that's why, well, with that article and uh, that general, with something like that popping off, like you just said, we know the difference between what Leo does, the bikers, and what goes on with the profile and stuff. But everyday Joe Citizen don't get that. That's and the problem. That, well, that is the problem, and I think what the, you know, motorcycle clubs have to do is start coming together. Enough of this, you know, fighting crap. You know, business is business. They're going to do what they got to do to make their money. But at the same time, you know, they have to bring Joe Citizen on our side because they're the ones who are ultimately the jurors who judge everything that's going on. They're the ones who ultimately get the laws passed. So. You know, you're you're 100% correct where we have to bring Joe Citizen on our side. And if we don't, it's just doing it at our peril. And guys, and guys like me and you who read articles, they people just hitting like if we if we're saying something that they agree with and sharing it, that is I'm sorry, that isn't good enough. That isn't good well, enough no, just like it, just liking like enough. They got to get yeah, exactly. They got to get in the fight. They got to be heard. They got to give their opinion on things. 
because they got to try to persuade people, and you're going to run into various types of assholes. But on the same, you know, we 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 have to figure out a way to get uh, the regular Joe citizens out there who are in that bubble to uh, kind of you know take the horse blinders off of them. As far as like, uh, I really wish if I could have a wish that all the clubs would get together and sit down and address this problem. It does, would it matter if you ride Harleys, Indians, crotch rockets, anything. If you're on two wheels and you're for the same cause, no matter what color you are, we need to figure out a way to get together because all we're doing with all this bullshit is we're, uh, we're, we're, we're uh, distracting ourselves from the, uh, from the real problem at hand. Look what happened with the, with the profiling in uh, was this Sonora County uh, with that police department. I left a, 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 a couple of messages on there uh, that this taste I had and what pieces of shit I thought they were. But look at this. How, how long has it been? And all right, let's move on. Look what happened in, you know, uh, that guy I brought in my article with, uh, what's his name? Lavoy, uh, Finnegan. People, mm. I guarantee most people don't even remember who he is. That's the problem. Something happens, you, 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 and you, you, you're not mad about it no more two, three days down the line, and it keeps happening. And then they take away different laws and different rights for the shit that they did. And they're saying it's for your own protection. That's why I said it's like Stockholm Syndrome. It's like to the point where the regular Joe citizens are falling in love with their fucking captors. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? You're hitting every point on, you know what, nailing it on the head right there. And you're right. You know, one incident like uh, that Sonoma or Sonora, whatever the hell it's called, happens. We yeah. see it for a week. And you know what? Next thing that, you know, it's out of the news and... Then we just go on and wait to the next incident to happen. And yeah, and we report it. We, we report it. We piss and moan about it. A couple of people agree. A couple of people disagree. A couple of laws get changed. And that's, you know, and we keep going to uh, square one again. Look what's happening. Like, if you're a business owner, don't, how can you, if you're a regular Joe citizen and if you're a business owner, how could you not be scared what the, uh, what the government is doing to the Mongols? Trying to oh, take away their... Uh, shitless right I'm, now. I, yeah, I mean, now they could pick and choose, you know, what what could be trademarked. I mean, where does it where does it stop? It doesn't stop. No, it doesn't it just, stop. It's like a steamroller; just keeps on going. Ask everybody yeah. in Australia right now in New Zealand. Yeah, and, and and that's what I mean. This country was built on rebellion. This country was built on and a lot of people. When you say outlaw bikers and one percenter. They're judging it back from like the 40s and the 50s and stuff like that. They don't understand that things have uh, evolved over time. Yes, like I said before, and I'll say it a thousand times, there is not, uh, they're not all altar boys in, uh, in one percent of clubs. There's not all altar boys in 90, uh, 99% clubs. But then again, you show me a police force where there is too. So if you're gonna, like I said, if you're gonna brand, oh, shit, for every, sure every damn crime that a one percenter does, I can show you one that a cop pulled the same shit on. That's what I'm saying. But people are listening to the the the, the mainstream media, and they're only hearing the other side. We got to figure out a way to get hurt even more. I, I, I the, you know, the YouTube and the Facebook, it's great, and it's great that some of us are getting together, but it's uh, it, it's not cutting it. I'm not saying we need to go out and cause trouble or anything like that, but we de definitely need to organize. Whether, whether we have different organizations in areas that are running different sectors or whatever like that, where there's some type of meetings to keep our ear to the ground, to know what's going on. There needs to be communication set up between all of us because don't think when you have problems 
with your uh, with your YouTube channel and things like that. And I'm not a conspiracy uh, conspiracy uh, theorist. There's people, no matter what you you tell them, everything's a big conspiracy. I'm not one of those guys, but that's what they like to brand you as. So you look like a fucking loony. But right. don't think that your social media platforms don't get closed down for uh, uh, on purpose here and there. Because if anybody oh, th- thinks that it's just a glitch, <laughs> exactly, and, and it's done on purpose. Yeah, you know, well, one of my profiles right now that runs Insane Throttle Biker News is shut down because of some stupid shit. But uh, that's the way they quiet you down, and people got to know that. Mm-hmm. I agree. They really do. <laughs> you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on out there, and you're right, people think it's conspiracy crap and all that stuff, but it really ain't. There's real shit happening out there. And that's why I put out the shirts, too, that I put out. I mean, people think it's just a T-shirt. But it's really not. It's showing people where you stand. It's getting people to think. You know, somebody didn't hear about, like, I have the shirts uh, uh, against the uh, the profiling and uh, Sonora County and stuff. There's people out there who didn't, who don't even, didn't even hear about it. I'm hoping maybe if somebody wears a shirt like that, they might do a Google or do something well, exactly. and look it up. Like, what, what, what's this fucking well, what guy talking you got, about? Uh, what shirts do you got right now? I have I have things that uh, I have. We do custom shirts for businesses. We have motivational uh, shirts for people who are into fitness because that's I'm a personal trainer and a nutritional uh, specialist, and I'm into motorcycles too. So I tried to bring the communities together on a positive note. But I also got like a, a warped sense of humor. So there's some shirts on there that uh, that are on there, like you know, don't ask if uh, you can ride my, uh, don't ask if you sit on my bike if I the fuck your, unless I go fuck your old lady. Uh, right. There's a sh- uh, shirts on there with the Harley Davidson. I have it upside. A couple of people gave me shit on that. I have the Harley Davidson. Well, it's like the Harley Davidson symbol upside down, and it says you forgot about us. And I've gotten questions about that, and they asked me my view in it. They start to see things a little bit just by wearing a shirt. How that could spark a spark a conversation with people. And why I feel the way I do, because, you know, you get these guys who are all geared down. They got the Harley boots. They got the, the Harley glasses, the hat, the rings, the jacket, the underwears, the socks. And then they start playing Billy Badass because right, they're right. all Harley down. They see a well, guy. You, and you know want... what? You do have one of my favorite shirts, man, don't you? <laughs> yes, I <laughs> you, do. Anybody, yeah, everybody listening to this has to get one, man. <laughs> Tell them what it is, man. Definitely, it's fuck lollipop. Everybody hates that piece of shit. <laughs> uh, New York now has fuck lollipop shirts, and you know what? We're gonna be putting them on uh, the website, and you to click through, you to go and grab one. And we got embroidered. We got embroidered. We even got embroidered hats on there. Fuck lollipop. If anybody doesn't like wearing a shirt. <laughs> wearing the shirt, I mean. <laughs> but yeah, we even got we even got we even got the hats on there. Check us out. There's a lot of good stuff on there, and we definitely we like to keep our ear to the ground. What's happening with uh, politics and shit like that to make shirts to show you know so people could show uh, mainstream people out there where they uh, where they stand. Rock on, rock on. What's the you know I played the commercial earlier. What's the website again? It's www.outoftheboxclothingandproductsllc.com, and it's O-U-T-T-A-D-A, box, uh, clothing and products, LLC.com. Okay. Well, we're going to be over, out there pushing them fuck the lollipop shirts. <laughs> definitely, man. Definitely. It's, 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 it's definitely catching on. It's definitely catching on. And, uh, 
hopefully uh, and hopefully everybody uh after they listen to this uh listens to this uh this uh interview or whatever like that that they uh decide to really sit down and uh figure out how they want to approach this because honestly it's getting out of hand even over here i, I the things i see paint i'm on my porch painting and just just by the shit i see out here cars getting pulled over uh uh they got uh, uh unlawful uh, ch- uh checkpoints and things like that it's just out of hand you're starting to feel like you're living uh, in a in a police state which we already do but whatever Man, New York, I know it's pretty bad out there, man. I have some friends that live out there, and they talk to me all the time about that shit, what they pull out there. Yeah, I mean, even with me. Just like the city of Chicago. <laughs> when I moved when I moved upstate, I, I've i never even had uh, handcuffs put on me before. I never even had a parking ticket. Okay, I went to, uh, I went to a, a bar one night, and a fight broke out. It's a long story, whatever, but they had me in three lineups. Okay, the victim said I didn't do it. Okay, beat three lineups. They still found me guilty in court because my co-defendant said I did it. My co-defendant was positively identified. I wasn't. And because he, they gave him eight months in prison to testify against me. I went to, I went to trial facing three and a half to 15 years, but it had to be New York State has a thing for violent felons. It has to be a flat number. It ain't like uh, years ago where it was like a five to 15. You had to get, you get one number. And you got to do 75% of your time. And they had anywhere to play with from three and a half to 15 years. The only thing that saved me when I blew trial was I had no priors before. But the whole trial, even in the newspaper, was about where I was from. Because even when they were interrogating me and I kept asking for the lawyer and this man, he says, I'll never forget, the detective says, where are you from? I hear this accent. He says, you sound like an asshole. He said, where are you from? And I already knew where he was going. And I says, listen. I gave him the town. I said, I'm from the positive because that's where I was living. At the time, he's like, no. He goes, where were you born? Kings County. And he goes, that's where. He goes, that's Brooklyn. He goes, you understand? He goes, we're going to have a fucking field day with you. And sure enough, they did. And on my first arrest, because my co-defendant decided to cooperate, I beat three lineups, three fucking lineups. The victim took the stand and said I didn't do it. I still blew trial by jury. Still blew trial. Went to appeal it and everything like that, and I sat there festering like a motherfucker. That asshole. Then just it just and maybe that's why I have such a bad taste in my mouth because I got railroaded hard. I got you know my stepfather's doing fucking fifty to life with a couple of uh, things running wild. One of his main witnesses, they put the fucking they put one of the main witnesses' kids through college. If you and I would have did that, what do we? What, what is that called? Isn't that called bribery? Exactly. So exactly. you know, listen. Well, you know, that's it, we're gonna we're gonna be keeping on bringing you on uh, Madhouse, getting your viewpoints because everybody loves New York, man. They, you know what? You know, you're a good addition to the team, man. You really are. Yes, so we, and I want to say thank you. I I love what I, I love what you're doing, Hollywood. I really do. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop, and I'll stand right alongside you, like I told you last time. I don't know if we're gonna reach him, but you know what? If worse comes to worse, we'll go down trying. Rock and roll. But you do make me fucking tired watching you do them fucking lifts and shit, man. <laughs> hey, it keeps me motivated. <laughs> I told well, you, you I'm going to get... I'm gonna, man. <clears throat> right now, I got five screws on my shoulder, so I don't go above 220. I try to keep mm-hmm. around my body weight. I'm 210. I do 220. Uh, I started out before surgery. I, I mean, I didn't even have surgery. I went to go get it. They told me I had to lose 40 pounds at the time, and I felt I couldn't do it. So I said, fuck the surgery. But at one point, my max weight was 365 pounds at uh, 5'6", 
and uh, a 56 waist. And naturally, I went down to a size 34 waist, and I'm a little under 210. I my, I was down to 170. I'm back up to 210 because I'm in a, what I call a bulking phase. Rock on. Well, you did an yeah. awesome article today, too, man. Everybody's really loving that article, so hopefully you got some more coming. You need to put in some uh, nutrition tips in for these bikers, man, instead of them lifting the cores and the buds, man. they got to get some uh, good shit in their body. Yeah, no doubt. I, that, that sounds like a great idea. I'm looking forward to it. Rock and roll, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. It was a good chat, and uh, like I said, everybody uh, really loves that freaking article you put out today. I know... Uh, it's getting, uh, let me check uh, the site right now on Harley Liberty. Uh, yeah, it's pretty big out there, man. It's hit worldwide, man. It's being picked up. Really good. Good. So, rock and roll, man. But, uh, again, man, I'll uh, hit you up. Uh, well, maybe get you on next week, man. We'll pick another subject or something. But uh, we really appreciate, uh, you know, you helping us fight with all this uh, profiling and uh we're trying to get some guys from out east on right now and uh, see what they have to say about it. But uh, we'll keep everybody updated on that. But uh, with that, I'll talk to you later, J.D. Hey, listen, you take care, be safe, and keep in touch. All right, man. And don't forget to send them uh, pictures, man. I'm going to get them pictures of that fuck Lollipop t-shirt up there. You hear that, right, Lollipop, you bastard? <laughs> we got pictures <laughs> for you coming. <laughs> Sounds good, man. I'm looking right, forward man. to seeing you wearing it. Okay, sounds good. Take it easy. Thanks. All right, bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to go over to Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel and check me out over on Biker Angle. Also get your daily dose of biker news every morning at HarleyLiberty.com. If you haven't done so already, go like the new Motorcycle Madhouse Facebook page. And until next week, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. And remember, keep that throttle cracked wide open. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Here's to a whole lot of celebrating. Crisp whites like a floral Sauvignon Blanc pairs perfectly with shrimp cocktail and other light appetizers. Now that's how you kick off a holiday meal. Don't stress about choosing the right wine for a meaningful gift. Consider me your wine concierge. As you check off that gift list this holiday season, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine & More. Cheers. What's in store this holiday at your local Staples? Gifts and packages shipped with care. So you can relax in knowing they'll soon be there. Now at Staples, you get 15% off UPS shipping services and 15% off all shipping supplies. Plus, Staples is open seven days a week. So you can ship around your schedule this holiday. And still get everything out in time while spending less. Staples, there's a whole lot in store this holiday. Exclusions apply. In-store only, see Associate for details. Ends 12 29 18